book eight chapter one of history of the reformation in the sixteenth century volume two by jean henri mail d'aubigne translated by henry beveridge this recording is in the public domain recording by christopher smith book eight the swiss fourteen hundred and eighty four to fifteen hundred and twenty two chapter one at the moment when the decree of the diet of worms appeared a continually increasing movement was beginning to shake the quiet valleys of switzerland the voice which was heard in the plains of upper and lower saxony was answered from the bosom of the helvetic mountains by the energetic voices of its priests its shepherds and the citizens of its warlike cities the partisans of rome seized with terror exclaimed that a vast and dreadful conspiracy was everywhere formed against the church the friends of the gospel filled with joy said that as in spring a living breath is felt from the streams which run into the sea up to the mountain tops so throughout all christendom the spirit of god was now melting the ices of a long winter and covering with verdure and flowers the lowest plains as well as the steepest and most barren rocks germany did not communicate the truth to switzerland nor switzerland to france nor france to england all these countries received it from god just as one part of the world does not transmit the light to another part but the same shining globe communicates it directly to all the earth christ the dayspring from on high infinitely exalted above all mankind was at the period of the reformation as at that of the establishment of christianity the divine fire which gave life to the world in the sixteenth century one and the same doctrine was at once established in the homes and churches of the most distant and diversified nations the reason is that the same spirit was everywhere at work producing the same faith the reformation of germany and that of switzerland demonstrate this truth zwinglius had no intercourse with luther there was no doubt a link between these two men but we must search for it above the earth he who from heaven gave the truth to luther gave it to zwinglius god was the medium of communication between them i began to preach the gospel says zwinglius in the year of grace fifteen hundred and sixteen in other words at a time when the name of luther had never been heard in our country i did not learn the doctrine of christ from luther but from the word of god if luther preaches christ he does what i do that is all but if the different reformations which all proceeded from the same spirit thereby acquired great unity they also received certain peculiar features corresponding to the different characters of the people among whom they took place we have already given a sketch of the state of switzerland at the period of the reformation and will add only a few words to what we have already said in germany the ruling principle was monarchical in switzerland it was democratic in germany the reformation had to struggle with the will of princes in switzerland with the will of the people a multitude are more easily led away than an individual and are also more prompt in their decisions 
the victory over the papacy on the other side of the rhine was the work of years but on this side of it required only months or days in germany luther's person stands forth imposingly from the midst of his saxon countrymen he seems to struggle alone in his attack on the roman colossus and wherever the battle is fought we see his lofty stature on the field of battle luther is as it were the monarch of the revolution which is being accomplished in switzerland several cantons are at once engaged in the contest we see a confederacy of reformers and are astonished at their numbers no doubt there is one head which stands elevated above the rest but no one has the command it is a republican magistracy where each presents his peculiar physiognomy and exercises his separate influence we have wittemberg zwinglius capito haller echolampadius again we have oswald myconius leo judah farrell calvin and the reformation takes place at claris Baal, zurich berne neuchatel geneva lucerne schaffhausen appenzell st gall and in the grisons in the reformation of germany one scene only is seen and that one level like the country around but in switzerland the reformation is divided as switzerland itself is divided by its thousand mountains so to speak each valley has its awakening and each alpine height its gleams of light a lamentable period had commenced in the history of the swiss after their exploits against the dukes of burgundy europe which had learned to know the strength of their arm had brought them forth from their mountains and robbed them of their independence by employing them to decide the destiny of states on battlefields swiss brandished the sword against swiss on the plains of italy and france and the intrigues of strangers filled these high valleys of the alps so long the abode of simplicity and peace with envy and discord led away by the attraction of gold sons labourers and servants stole away from the chalets of alpine pastures towards the banks of the rhine or the po helvetic unity was crushed under the slow step of mules loaded with gold the object of the reformation in switzerland for there too it had a political aspect was to re-establish the unity and ancient virtues of the cantons its first cry was that the swiss should tear asunder the perfidious nets of strangers and embrace each other in strict union at the foot of the cross but the generous call was not listened to rome accustomed to purchase in these valleys the blood which she shed in order to increase her power rose up in wrath she set swiss against swiss and new passions arose which rent the body of the nation in pieces switzerland stood in need of a reformation it is true there was among the helvetians a simplicity and good nature which the polished italians thought ridiculous but at the same time it was admitted that by no people were the laws of chastity more habitually transgressed astrologers ascribed this to the constellations philosophers to the ardent temperament of this indomitable population and moralists to the principles of the swiss who regarded trick dishonesty and slander as much greater sins than uncleanness 
the priests were prohibited from marrying but it would have been difficult to find one of them who lived in true celibacy the thing required of them was to conduct themselves not chastely but prudently this was one of the first disorders against which the reformation was directed it is time to trace the beginnings of this new day in the valleys of the alps towards the middle of the eleventh century two hermits set out from saint gall and proceeding towards the mountains at the south of this ancient monastery arrived in a deserted valley about ten leagues long towards the north the high mountains of santis the Somerikov, and the old man separate this valley from the canton of appenzel on the south the kurfürsten with its seven heads rises between it and the valenses sargans and the grison while the eastern side of the valley opens to the rays of the rising sun and discovers the magnificent prospect of the tyrolese alps the two solitaries having arrived near the source of a small river the tour built two cells the valley gradually became inhabited on the highest portion of it two thousand and ten feet above the lake of zurich there was formed around a church a village named wildhaus or the wild house with which two hamlets are now connected that is lisikhaus or the house of elizabeth and schoenenboden the fruits of the earth are unable to grow upon these heights a green carpet of alpine freshness covers the whole valley and rises upon the sides of the mountains above which masses of enormous rocks lift their wild grandeur towards heaven at a quarter of a league from the church near lisikhaus on the side of a path which leads into the pastures beyond the river a solitary house is still standing the tradition is that the wood used in building it was cut upon the very spot everything indicates that it must have been erected at a very remote period the walls are thin the windows have little round panes and the roof is formed of slabs on which stones are laid to prevent the wind from carrying them away in front of the house there is a limpid gushing spring in this house towards the end of the fifteenth century lived a man named zwinglius amman or bailiff of the district the family of the zwingles or zwingli was ancient and in high esteem among the inhabitants of these mountains bartholomew brother of the bailiff at first curate of the parish and after fourteen eighty seven dean of Vesen, was a person of some celebrity in the district margaret miley the wife of the amman of wildhaus and whose brother john was afterwards abbot of the convent of fishingen in turgovia had already given birth to two sons heine and klaus when on the first day of the year fourteen hundred and eighty four seven weeks after the birth of luther a third son ulrich was born in this solitary hut five other sons john wolfgang bartholomew james andrew and a daughter anna were afterwards added to this alpine family no person in the country was more venerated than amman zwinglius his character his office his numerous children made him the patriarch of these mountains he and all his sons were shepherds 
no sooner did the first days of may open upon these mountains than the father and the children departed with their flocks for the pastures rising gradually from station to station and so towards the end of july reaching the highest summits of the alps then they began gradually to redescend towards the valley and in autumn the whole population of wildhaus returned to their humble huts sometimes during the summer the young people who had been obliged to remain at home eager for the mountain breezes set out in bands for the chalets uniting their voices to the melody of their rustic instruments on their arrival on the alps the shepherds from a distance saluted them with their horns and their songs and regaled them with a feast of milk afterwards the joyous band by turnings and windings descended again into the valley moving to the sound of their pipes ulrich in his youth doubtless joined occasionally in this amusement he grew up at the foot of those rocks which seem eternal and whose tops reach the heavens i have often thought says one of his friends that being brought near to heaven on these sublime heights he there contracted something celestial and divine there were long winter evenings in the cottages of wildhaus and then young ulrich seated at the paternal hearth listened to the conversation of the bailiff and the old men of the district he heard them tell how the inhabitants of the valley had formerly groaned under a heavy yoke with the old men his heart beat high at the thought of the independence which the tockenburg had acquired and which the alliance with the swiss had secured a patriotic feeling was kindled in his breast switzerland became dear to him and if any one uttered an unfavourable expression against the confederates the child instantly stood up and warmly defended their cause during these long evenings he was often seen quietly seated at the feet of his pious grandmother with his eyes riveted upon her listening to her bible stories and devout lessons as he eagerly received them into his heart End of chapter one